If you're good at something, never do it for free. You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. I bought you. <laughs> Welcome back. We are the Podfellas, and thanks for listening once again to our entertainment podcast. I'm Myron, and joining me each week is Will. Hi. Each week, we'll provide a film or TV review, followed by a deeper dive into a related topic. However, today, we will be doing something different. With the Oscars coming up this weekend, Will and I decided to host our own Academy Awards show, where you, our listeners, choose the winners. So it's better. Yes. Yes. So much better. We're way better than the Academy. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Over the last two weeks, many of you filled out your Podfellas Oscar ballots, and today we will be revealing the results. But first things first, I want to talk about where we're going to be watching the Oscars. Hey. Hey. So uh, this year, my wife and I are hosting another Oscar party. It used to be an ongoing thing before uh, we had kids, and they started taking up all of our Sundays. Wait, where was I? I've known you for like seven years. You uh, were <laughs> too cool because you're single. You're and, and we liar. were <laughs> You liar. I yeah. never got the invite. <laughs> Just well, kidding. No, I did. I invited you. Didn't you get the uh, the, the message? No? Oh. Go on. Sorry. But I'm you were invited kidding. this year, and you can't even make it, but we'll get back to that. So, yeah, we're having uh, some friends over. We're having the Oscars playing on every TV. We have some stuff for the kids to do. Uh, we're doing the whole Oscars pool. See, I love the Super Bowl, but for me, it's like having a Super Bowl two weeks in a row. But getting back to you, Will, you were mm. saying how I mm-hmm. would in, I never invited you in the past. Mm-hmm. I invited you this year, but apparently you may not make it. So what's going on with you? Well, funny enough that this is probably the first time that I can recollect you inviting me to the Oscar party you're hosting. Uh, I will be actually in Big Bear over the weekend uh, with my girlfriend celebrating her birthday. But if we get back in time on Sunday and not dead tired, uh, we're hoping to make it to your Oscar party. So there's still a ray of hope of me actually actually being able to experience your Oscar do you, party. Do you know, does, does, your, does your girlfriend know that her birthday party is on Oscar Sunday? Well, can, can you fix this? Can it be postponed? Can you tell her to just... <laughs> Wait, well, I, I know. And I think, you good know, man, good man. as a married man, you know, with the wife is always right. And for her, for her being, you know, potentially my future wife one day. Yeah, I'm learning. All right. Well, let's get this straight. The wife isn't always right. But <laughs> Hannah, if you're listening, happy wife, happy life. <laughs> okay. So even if you're wrong, just tell her she's right. <laughs> so she'll agree with that, though. Hannah. It's not me. <laughs> Don't kill me. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. She'll agree with me. <laughs> anyway, in other news, the BAFTAs were announced uh, last weekend. Mm, yes. And, uh, Will, your your uh, favorite film of the year garnered quite a few awards. Won Best Director. Yes. They won seven, I believe. And I believe Parasite actually won two. Yeah. It's That's amazing. I think it's awesome to see that Parasite uh, as a foreign film making headlines in that sense. And breaking barriers, for sure. It's quite interesting, though, that in uh, for the BAFTAs, which you know is the British Academy of Film and Television, their foreign language film is called the, the category is called film not in the English language. That, that just yeah. that just threw me off. Meaning, uh, American films aren't allowed to be in the foreign language film. <laughs> yeah, it's been more the same in terms of the winners. Uh, a lot of uh, winners of the other uh, at the other awards shows this past award season has been uh, the same winners at the BAFTA, so no surprises there. But then again, yeah, and I would say it's it's for me pretty well deserved. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Looking ahead to future episodes, next week, Will and I will be doing a review of Birds of Prey, directed by Kathy Ann. She was a 
surprising choice to direct this movie since she's only been an independent film. Um, so it's really great that not only do they have a minority director, but uh, but a minority female director take the reins for this movie. And uh, so far, the buzz has been good. So far, there's an 89% for this film on Rotten Tomatoes, which is great. Mm. So I'm uh, really looking forward to checking this out. Can I help you? Why, yes, yes, you can. I'm here to report a terrible crime. And what terrible crime is that? This one. Ah, shit. I told this all wrong. Quick history lesson. This all started when the Joker and I broke up. It was completely mutual. And soon enough, I was back on my feet, ready to embrace the fierce goddess within. <laughs> it's oh so quiet. Now that I cut ties with Mr. J, I'm about to learn that a lot of people You're want me dead. All alone. And at the top of that list is this guy. I'm so peaceful. I'm but it turns out <laughs> that wasn't the only dame in Gotham looking for emancipation. You fall in love. <laughs> He's after all of us. The kid just robbed him. You betrayed him. You killed his BFF. What? You are so cool. You never. And you're dumb enough to be building a case against him. So, unless we all want to die very unpleasant death, we're gonna have to work together. Going along with our review of Birds of Prey, we will be. This should be really fun. We're going to talk about our top five favorite moments from the DC EU. Now, for those of you wondering what the DC EU is, is the DC Extended Universe, which is equivalent to the MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, not only are we going to, we going to talk about our top five moments from the DC EU, we're going to talk about our five worst moments from the DC EU. It's going to be fun. We'll keep things as respectful as possible. We don't want to bash on movies. At the same time, as moviegoers, I think it's up to us to call BS on some of the stuff that we've been seeing. Oh, man. Oh, oh man. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing, though, is in our top five list and uh, bottom five list, there are some movies that are not part of the DCEU, such as the Dark Knight trilogy um, starring Christian Bale, not a part of the DCEU. Also, Joker, which is a standalone movie, is not a part of the DCEU. Now, the DCEU mm. has their own Joker. Unfortunately, sure. it's Jared Leto's Joker from The Suicide Squad. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it this way. If we were talking about our top five moments from all of DC, all five moments would probably be from the Nolan trilogy or even the earlier Christopher Reeve Superman movies. Sure. Right. Sure. At the same time, I think all of the five worst moments are, are going to be from the DCEU regardless. <laughs> I, I can't wait to, to, to let loose in this. Hey, hey, come on. You have to be cordial. Yes. Respectful. Oh, yeah. Of course. But at the same time, I have a hard time saying that to you right now because I feel like, you know, you, I, I kind of want you to be honest. though. <laughs> be very. Martha. Blank. Martha. <laughs> why would you say that name? Oh my gosh. Anyway, that'll be on my list for sure. Oh uh, jeez. All right. Moving All right, on. Moving on. So I want to, I want to ask you to answer this question. Will. In film, 2019 was the year that... 2019 was the year that I honestly believe Asia made its mark in the Hollywood industry, specifically The Farewell and Parasite, given a pretty huge step for Asians and Asian Americans closer into the realm of Hollywood films and breaking stereotypes. I honestly think that a film like Parasite, that was just, you know, 
out of the norm of any Asian film that you would think of, right? Like just the typical stereotype of what a film is for for Asian Americans trying or or Asian films trying to break into the Hollywood industry. Like it's stand, it stood on its own feet as an original story, as not like oh it's a Korean family or whatever, right? No, it was like a dysfunctional class system and we looked at it at these characters with real problems real issues and and nothing else and that's yeah. what that was for me was like wow we're, we're taking a big step here yeah. and also with the farewell about such an interesting even though i know it's chinese culture but what a fascinating perspective on it's not because they're chinese it's just yeah it's a it's, human story it's just a human story yeah. about keeping a secret from you know, their grandmother yeah. having cancer. Yeah. And then this year, of course, uh, the big hit at Sundance was Minari, written and directed by a Korean filmmaker. Uh, it starred Steve Yoon, a Korean, also edited by a Korean. So I think we'll be seeing that hitting theaters later this year. Wow. And, you know, hopefully there might even be some award buzz about it. So. I actually didn't really hear about that one. So, I mean, I'm still behind when it comes to these, yeah. you know, Korean, Asian films. So yeah. for you, this is, for, for me, this is all new. And, and you're just, you know, expanding my mind on now, like appreciating more of yeah my own people's films i guess you can say all right and for me uh 2019 was the year that marvel laid waste to the competition oh. it was a tough go-around for shows and movies ending their runs game of thrones had a finale that was polarizing to say the least star wars of course had a very mixed response people either loved or hated the end um, but I think Marvel proved that there can be a fitting ending that pleases all fans, as crazy as that might sound. All right, this was also the year of the Under the Radar good movie. Lots of great, funny movies that came out this year that pulled at the heartstrings, such as Booksmart, also The Farewell. Tons of movies that maybe people didn't get a, a chance to see in theaters, I think, are having like a second um, go around on uh, either iTunes or or on disc. So mm. it was really, really good to see that. Well, anyway, I think uh, that's it for, uh, you know, catching up. I think it's time to kick things off, shall we? It's Let's time for the it. award show. Let's do it. Oh, man. All right. Oh, man. So this is how we're going to do it. We're going to present the winners in the order that the categories were announced at last year's awards. Any major vote getters uh, will be announced as well, along, along with the percentage of votes that they received. Now, we're also going to leave out certain categories based on the accessibility of the films nominated. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's not a knock on those categories. Will and I just didn't get a chance to watch documentaries or the short films or any of the nominees in the smaller smaller categories. But maybe next year we'll get a mm -hmm. chance to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's get the show started, <laughs> shall we? Uh, first award is Best Supporting Actress. Will, go ahead. The nominees are... <laughs> Can we just do it like that? Can I it's do it cool, like that? right? Yeah. Right? And the nominees are... Laura Dern for Marriage Story, Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell, Margot Robbie for Bombshell, Florence Pug for Little Women. Florence Pugh. <laughs> Florence Pugh for Little Women, Scarlett Johansson, Jojo Rabbit. May I have the ballot or the envelope, please? <laughs> and the winner is Laura Dern for Marriage Story. With 42.9% of the poll. That I was not surprised about. Hmm. Neither was I, to be honest with you. Yep. I think she did an amazing job. Well-deserved. You know, he can be an asshole, and I can get really pissed off, and I'll call him on being an asshole. Right, I'm going to stop you there. When you do this for real, don't ever say that. People don't accept mothers who drink too much wine and yell at their child and call him an asshole. I get it. I do it, too. We can accept an imperfect dad. 
Let's face it, the idea of a good father was only invented like 30 years ago. Before that, fathers were expected to be silent and absent and unreliable and selfish. And we can all say we want them to be different. But on some basic level, we accept them. We love them for their fallibilities, but people absolutely don't accept those same failings in mothers. We don't accept it structurally, and we don't accept it spiritually, because the basis of our Judeo-Christian whatever is Mary, mother of Jesus, and she's perfect. She's a virgin who gives birth, unwaveringly supports her child and holds his dead body when he's gone. And the dad isn't there. He didn't even do the fucking. God is in heaven. Second was Scarlett Johansson with 28.6% of the vote. Mm -hmm. And third was Florence Pugh for Little Women at 21.4% of the vote. Yep. And so do you think this is what we're going to see on Oscar night? Um, God, I, yeah, I do believe it is going to be between Laura Dern and Scarlett Johansson, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, so who, in your opinion, should win? I will say Laura Dern, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, bit. she had a, a lot of great scenes, especially in that opening scene where uh, Scarlett goes into her office. Yep, and Laura Dern is kind of playing the sympathetic uh, Psych- shoulder to cry on, and like the like the psychiatrist kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, but we learn later that she was actually just trying to win her as a client, and she has all these little moments where we see that she's just someone that wants to win. Such a good manipulator. Yeah. And she has that scene at the end of the film where um, after the custody battle's over, uh, Laura Dern tells Scarlett, I went ahead and, uh, you know, got you that extra visitation day. You, so you get four and, and now he gets three. And she's like, I didn't want that. And she's like, yeah, but, you know. But it's a victory. It's a victory yeah, It's a victory. Us. Yeah. So good. Yeah. That's yeah. a really good scene. It kind of shows what she's all about. Yeah. So she was really great. I think she will win too. I think she should win. But we'll see what happens. Our next category is makeup and hairstyling. All right. And so, Myron, could you name the nominees and name the winner? So, makeup and hairstyling, Jeremy Woodhead for Judy, Nikki Letterman and Kay Giorgio for Joker, Kazuhiro, Anne Morgan and Vivian Baker for Bombshell, Naomi Don, Tristan Verlewis, and Rebecca Cole for 1917, and lastly, Paul Gooch, Arjun Tuatin, and David White for Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. And the winner with 47.1% of the vote is Joker. Nice. Nice. Not surprised. Yeah. I think that's going to win also, actually, in the Academy. I think it will, too. I mean, it's it's the showy look. But at the same time, maybe detractors might say he's just wearing clown makeup. Maybe. Sure. They might be right. But still, I think that... I still think Joker's still going to win. I don't know. I just think that they just did an incredible job overall in that film. So I would think that uh, it's not just clown makeup. It, there's lots of elements of the clown makeup. Some moments it's more uh, smeared. Sure. There's a moment at the end where it's a mess of blood and makeup. And he kind of smears that smile onto his face. So I think there's a lot more elements than just clown makeup. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Production design is next. Go ahead, Will. And the nominees are... Bob Shaw and Regina Graves, The Irishman, Ravincent, and Nora Sopkova for Jojo Rabbit, Dennis Gassner and Lee Sandals for 1917, Barbara Ling and Nancy High, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Liha Jun and Chu Won Wu for Parasite. And the winner with 50% of the votes is Lee Ha Jun and Cho Won Woo for Parasite. Nice. 
Second place came in at 33.3% with Dennis Gassner and Lee Sandals for 1917. And third was Raw Vincent and Nora Sopkova for Jojo Rabbit. Right. I think this is this makes sense to me. Yeah. For those that don't know, production design uh, is the head of the art department. The production designer is in charge of making sure each shooting location is perfect, prepared, and on point with the vision of the film. The award is presented to the lead production designer as well as the lead set decorator. It, it makes so total sense, though, for me that Parasite wins because of the fact that that house was a yeah. part of the story. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, if, if it does not win... I have lost all yeah. hope for Hollywood. <laughs> I mean, there's also really? different layers and levels of the house. Um, it was designed specifically for sure. the movie. Yeah. Um, so Bong Joon-ho talked about how he hired an architect to design and make the house. Yeah. But there's like different levels of it. There are the kids' rooms. There is the main living room with a glass wall that looks yes. out, in, out into the backyard. Um, there is the basement as well as the sort of bomb shelter that they um, utilize. Yep. So, yeah, all of that looked amazing. But and, and what's fascinating, too, was I think we read the article where uh, an architect was looking at the structure of the house and thought no one would ever build a house like this but the fascinating thing was that bong Joon-ho was like saying no but that's not the point the point is that this house is a part of the story as a yeah. character it plays as that and when you see the whole movie together it like wow it makes so much sense yeah. and realizing yes this is a film this is a fictional awesome story a suspense thriller that yes you can have inanimate objects become part of something uh, bigger and greater in that sense to to help enhance the story. Mm. Now, granted, my vote did go towards 1917 because of the intricacies of how the shot was supposed to be laid out. Mm -hmm. But really, I real I looked at it back at I look back at it now and realize, you know, it, it was more of the obstacle that they had to build to create those shots. It's not so much that the that the that the buildings and production design were helping the story it was just kind of just guiding where those shots had to go whereas parasite was like no this this house is a part of that story which yeah. i realized yep well i voted for 1917 as well um as mm -hmm. much as i kind of hated on it hey. and took away from it what they basically did is they created a three-dimensional virtual world yes where if you point the camera in any direction there is something there that is a part of the story whether sure. it be whether they're in a bomb shelter whether there's bodies out whether they're just kind of going through the wasteland of war um, no matter where you pointed the camera the production designer had to have something ready to go yeah yeah and i agree with that for sure too i just thought that when i was looking back at that it made it, it just parasite just had a bit more depth actually with that whole production design aspect of um what they did i wouldn't change my vote only because i'm still i for me i'm being biased and it's just the fandom and and what you just explained about 1917 but in in more of a logistical aspect of it i will say that that parasite had more of a it, like in-depth aspect to the production design and what they did having that house being a part of that story you know that it fix, physically was a part of the story which was great all right all right moving on to costume design uh myron if you like to read the nominees and announce the winner sure for costume design the nominees are mark bridges for joker macy rubio for jojo rabbit sandy powell and christopher peterson for the irishman jacqueline duran for little women and lastly, Ariane Phillips for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And the winner is with 33.9% of the vote, Little Women. And Jojo Rabbit was a close second with 27.8%. And Joker what? was a close third with 22.2%. Jojo Rabbit should have won that one, I felt. Well, we haven't really gotten to see Little Women. It's a period piece, I think. And so, so is Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. But I mean, soldiers' costumes uh, compared to the intricacies of like women's wardrobe back in the 1800s. Uh, I voted for Jojo Rabbit because I I've, did really like Sam Rockwell's 
soldier's uniform at the I end thought of the they movie. were a bit more I, and I, and I, for me, they were a bit more playful too. Like everything yeah. was accurate for for what they were wearing. But then, what what Sam Rockwell, what, you know, with his costume of, of like what he wants his outfit to look like, you know, if you watch the film, I don't know. For me, I felt like that he was a bit more clever too. Like he just kind of did more of a clever aspect to a period piece like that uh, to enhance the comedy, the comedic aspect of the film. Hmm. Um, but if we're looking for, I guess. I don't know, intricacies and accuracies and all that stuff, then sure. Um, Little Women, then I guess, deserves that win, which I, I would assume that Steve would agree as well. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was a fan of that film. All right. Next award is cinematography. Go ahead. Oh, man. This one's an easy one right here for me. All right. So nominees are Roger Deakins for 1917, Rodrigo Prito for The Irishman, Robert Richardson for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Jaron Blaschke for The Lighthouse and Lawrence Schur for The Joker. And the winner is 1917, coming in at 73.7%. It wasn't even close. Nope. Yeah. And nope. I think he deserves to win. Second, though, came in at 15.8%, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And barely anyone else got any votes, as crazy <laughs> as that was. Actually, what do you think should have come in second, actually? Do you think Once Upon a Time deserves second? Yeah, I think so. But honestly, it's hard to think that any of these have their works compared to Deacons' work this year. What's funny is in 1917, we talked about in our review, the first half of the movie is, is pretty much a natural light. Yeah. But then right around the middle of the movie, you're just like overwhelmed with the use of lighting, both practical as well as artificial lighting made to look practical in some of the scenes. It is just beautiful. And I'm not sure what he uses exactly. I know that there's like flares and fire involved, but beyond that, he just did an amazing job making it look natural and everyone looks so just perfectly lit. It was so, so beautiful. And I think those scenes in the middle of the movie pretty much won him the award running away. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. All right, now we're moving on to sound editing. So for those of you that are wondering what sound editing is and how that compares to sound mixing, let me tell you. (laughs) Sound editing, uh, we describe sound editing as an art of producing great quality sounds for mixing and then implementation and processing. In simpler words, sound editing is a laborious task of making noisy and lousy recording sound good. It is one of the processes that makes the project whole. Now, sound mixing, on the other hand, following the VFX, the editing, and other post-production processes, the sound mixer tweaks levels on every audio file, a tedious but crucial process that affects everything the audience hears, including dialogue, sound effects, folly effects, and the score. So when you hear a bullet whiz by the main character's ear, followed by a gasp, you're listening to the sound mixer's work. (gasps) Sorry. Exactly. What's also difficult about that, though, is if, if like someone is in the middle of a war, you want to make sure that you hear, you hear everything. The voice, the voices have to be intelligible. Yeah, they have to be distinct. At the same time, the bullets need to sound loud and, and you know, as if the characters are in peril. Pew, 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 pew. Exactly. <gasps> yes. <laughs> Will, can I record you? Can we put that in a movie? I could be a Foley artist. Easily. Shoot. You could. <laughs> for best sound editing, Donald Sylvester for Ford versus Ferrari. Oliver Tarney and Rachel Tate for 1917, Alan Robert Murray for Joker, Wiley Stateman for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Matthew Wood and David Accord for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. And the winner is, with 58.8% of the vote, 1917. You basically led that on with the whole bullet going by, like in the the dialogue and... That's true. But then, you know, do do you agree though? Well, for me, though, I feel like when it comes to war films, it's it's 
yeah, there's a lot of intricacies and, and, a, and yeah. a lot to, to a really co- capture. A couple of scenes really stick out to me. The first is the the plane crashing towards them and the sound of it getting louder and louder and yep. louder as it crashes into the barn. So good. Yeah, I think that is probably the most um, representative scene of why that should win. For me, though, that would also was... Uh, really eerie too is like you know obviously when they're in the tunnel mm. and they're uh, investigating yeah and the rat and and there's like this 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 awkward silence well, not awkward but there's this eerie silence and then he hits the trip mine uh-huh oh yeah yeah that was like oh like it, it just when it comes to yeah. silence and to explosion yeah that that was like got the heart racing yeah so once again, I, I want to say I have had no problem with the technical aspect of 1917. I think it's actually oh, the best geez. technical film of the year. Yes. I did vote for 1917. Good. I think it should win, and yeah. I think it will win. I think so, too. Yep. All right, so sound mixing. Moving on to the next sound award here. Sorry. Yes. That was my mixing. <laughs> All right, read the nominees. All right, sound mixing. Gary Wrightstrom, Tom Johnson, and Mark Ilano for Ad Astra. Mark Taylor and Stuart Wilson for 1917, Tom Ozanic, Dean Zupancic, and Todd Maitland for Joker, Paul Massey, David Giamarco, and Stephen A. Morrow for Ford vs. Ferrari, Michael Minkler, Christian P. Minkler, and Mark Ilano for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And the winner is, with 41.2% of the vote, 1917, Ford vs. Ferrari with a close second at 23.5%. Now I would have to say, I, well, yeah, in I, years past, sound mixing and sound editing would usually go to the same movie. Yeah. I think this year it won't be any different. I think 1917 will win both awards. Personally, though, I think Ford, Ford versus, versus Ferrari, Ferrari yep. should win this award because you're dealing with a lot of different elements here: race cars, um, and just the sound of a car racing. It's not just the engine; it's you know tires screeching, and you're also dealing with voices heard inside the race car mm-hmm. and, and such. So yeah I, yeah, I think that should win. I, uh, yeah, I, I would want to give it to Ford versus Ferrari. Okay. So, because I, I voted for that yeah, as well. I voted for that, yeah. Yep. All right. International so, film, your turn, Will. Well, I will let you have that one because I want to announce best film editing. All right. Because that's my forte in right, terms right, of what I right. do specifically. Ooh, so three I'll, in a row. I'll, I'll give you three in a row, okay? Because I'm Lucky generous. Me. All right. I'm generous. For best international film, we have Pain and Glory. We have Parasite. We have Honeyland. We have Corpus Christi, and we have Les Miserables. And with 94.4% of the vote, <laughs> Parasite. Ooh, wow, surprise. big surprise. The only other surprise. movie that got, any, that got any votes was Les Miserables from France. <laughs> now, the one thing I don't want to happen, and we'll talk about this later, is I don't want voters to think, oh, we're giving Parasite the International Film Award, so we don't have to give them the Best Picture Award. Because in my opinion, it that's deserves stupid. to be the Best Picture yeah. of the Year. But we'll come back to that. I you know, that's, I think yeah. that's just straight up like, stupid and so, biased. Who did you vote for in this? Of course I voted for Parasite. All right. You want a Best Film Editing? You got it. Go ahead, Will. For Best Film Editing, here are the nominees. Thelma Schoonmacher for The Irishman. She is awesome. Got to meet her, actually. Tom Eagles for Jojo Rabbit. Yang Jinmo for Parasite. Jeff Groff for Joker. Michael McCuster and Andrew Buckland for Ford versus Ferrari. And the winner is Yang Jinmo for Parasite at 37.5%. I am kind of surprised. Really? About that. How so? Um, well, another thing, though, is that we have a three-way tie. Yeah, for second. For second, yeah. which is Jojo Rabbit, Joker, and Ford versus Ferrari. My vote went for uh, Jojo Rabbit. 
Um, but no, Parasite would have been my second choice. Yeah. Yeah. I would have heard Jojo as well. Yeah. I just thought the, there's certain elements that were very well cut together. Yes. Um, especially the beginning opening montage I thought was edited flawlessly. And also they did a lot of imp- improvisation as well and how they took the improvised lines and, and fit that into the film overall was seamless. That, that can be difficult to edit yeah. for sure when it comes to improvisation, but yeah. I mean, it gives the editor a lot more to play with, which is great, but you just gotta be really wise about, okay, making those choices. I'm... So sad to see that the Alma Schoonmacher obviously came in last or basically not many votes at all. Yeah. Even though I love her as an editor, yeah. I think she's brilliant. But don't feel don't feel too bad for her. I think she has multiple Oscars <laughs> sitting on her shelf right now. But then again, you think about it. Wow. Yeah. She she edited a three and a half hour film. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe she should have done a better job and cut it down to two and a half hours. <laughs> hey, you know, when the director wants his way, you know, she it's just the way it works. That's right? true. That's true. So, I really think at the Oscars, this award can go to anybody. It's kind of up for grabs. I can see anybody winning, even Thelma. I think any any of them have a shot. Yeah. Um, I think, and a lot of times, it, it, it's it's best to choose a narrative. So, in my thinking, if voters are going to put Parasite up for the bigger awards, yeah, I think for the lesser technical awards, it's going to go to other people. Since 1917 isn't in here for best film editing, I could see it going to anybody. But I personally think Tom Eagles is going to win. I really do. Okay. I mean, and yeah, you're right. I mean. Um, I, we watched all these films we and, did. and for me, not one of them had a jarring, yeah. uh, moment to, yeah. in, in the editing process. And Ford versus Ferrari was amazing oh, too. Yes. And I looked for those things sometimes too. I habitually, it's just a kind of a knack that I have. And, but amazingly, all those films kept me in the story and that is the job of the editor for sure. Yeah. So yeah, any of the up for grabs, but you think it's going to be, uh, Jojo Rabbit. I do. Okay. Yeah. My my that's that was that's my vote too. So we'll see what happens. All right. But I won't be disappointed with with anyone um, winning this one. Okay. Great. So we're moving on to best supporting actor. Take it away, Myron. All right. Best supporting actor. The nominees are Joe Pesci in The Irishman, Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Tom Hanks in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Al Pacino in The Irishman, and lastly Anthony Hopkins in The Two Popes. And the winner with 52.6% of the vote is Brad Pitt mm-hmm. in Once Upon a Time in Not surprised. Not surprised? No, not at all. Was he your choice? He was. He was my choice. You do that? <laughs> you know, that's not my car. That's my boss's car. And if something were to happen to my boss's car, well, I'd get in trouble. Lucky for you, he's got a spare. Fix it. Ha 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 ha! Fuck you! one step closer and I will knock his teeth out. My second choice was going to be um, Joe Pesci. Yeah. There's just something about Joe Pesci that in any mob film, it, he just really brings that presence coming. Even even though Al Pacino did a great job as well, but like, I don't know, Joe Pesci, for some reason, he has his aura that stands out yeah. for me. What I appreciated is, even though this was a, a gangster film, 
his character was very different than completely the role he won in Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah. It was a complete 180. I voted for Joe here, um, and I see Brad winning. He is going to win. Should he win? I thought he was great. But here's the thing: um, he's a 50 year old movie star playing a fading 50 year old movie star. He still looks like a sexy man, though. Yeah, he was very handsome in it. I will say, but still, uh, I I think it was a very well written part, written for Brad, and he played it perfectly. Um, But I still feel like Joe Pesci really deserves this. We'll see what happens, but yeah, I think he's going to run away with it. All right, so um, animated feature. Will go ahead and take this one. So the animated feature nominees are Toy Story 4, Claws, How to Train Your Dragon 2, I Lost My Body, and The Missing Link. And the winner is, with 77.8%, Toy Story 4. Big surprise. I mean, I voted for Toy Story 4, but I, I have this gut feeling that Claws might take it. Okay. So. Got it. All right. And moving on to visual effects. And presenting is Myron Kim. (laughs) (laughs) No one else to present, so I'll take this one. Just kidding. All right. For visual effects, Don DeLue, Russell Earl, Matt Aiken, and Dan Sudik for Avengers Endgame. Pablo Hellman, Leandro Estebaro. (laughs) By the way, we're going to butcher some of these names. And and if you're listening, (laughs) we apologize. Pablo Hellman, Leandro Estebecorena, (laughs) Nelson Sepulveda Fowler, and Stephen Gravely for The Irishman. Robert Legato, Adam Valdez, Andrew R. Jones, and Elliot Newman for The Lion King. Guillaume Rocheron, Greg Butler, and Dominic Tui for 1917. And lastly, Roger Guillet, Neil Scanlon, Patrick Tubak, and Dominic Tui for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. The winner is, and this was uh, pretty much a runaway, was Avengers Endgame with 73.7% of the vote. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one category that Avengers is going to win. I think it might be one of the only categories it's nominated for, but it's such a well-reviewed movie. And I think Academy voters are going to pretty much all vote for this one because it's the only time that this movie is going to appear on their ballot. So I, yeah, I will say I watched the Lion King last night and I was shocked at how real everything looked. Yeah. Yeah. Any of these is a worthy winner. And if 1917 wins, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I think Avengers Endgame actually had more intricacies than any of the films. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, it, it's it's a better win. Well, okay, fine. I, I'm only saying that just because. But, yeah, I think it deserves to win yeah. for sure. All right. I agree with you. All right. The next two awards is Original Screenplay and Adapted Screenplay. Will, why don't you take both of these? Oh, you're giving me two? Yeah. Well, thank you. You're welcome, thank sir. Thank you. All right. <laughs> I just want to thank Myron Kim for allowing me. <laughs> All right, we're looking at original screenplay, and the nominees are Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Ryan Johnson for Knives Out, Noah Baumbach for Marriage Story, Parasite, Bong Joon-ho, Han Jin-won, Story by Bong Joon-ho, and 1917 by Sam Mendes and Christy wilson Karens. And the winner is with a 44.4% in votes, Parasite. Now, this is a little surprising here. Uh, I did think the story was very well crafted. Um, Well, it's a foreign language film, and I don't know how well the Academy voters are going to be voting for a foreign language film in original screenplay. This is kind of uncharted waters, I would say. Do you think it deserves to win? Just because it's a foreign film? Hmm. Really? 
I think for me, uh, when I think of scripting, I think of dialogue. I think of story structure. I think of all these things. Yeah. I think structure, um, the narrative, these are all things that Parasite excelled at. Sure. Um, it's just for me, whether it deserves to win or not, I don't see Academy voters voting for it, I should say. Well, to me, it's like because there's subtitles, it's mm. like they're reading a screenplay. Very true. <laughs> so That's to a good me, point. it's like they're getting to read this original story in that mm. sense. And I, 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 I did vote for Parasite. I was torn, though, between uh, Parasite and Knives Out. Yeah. So those were those were two my two close votes going back and forth. I voted for Knives Out um, because wow. of yeah that that story Traitor. that story was so intricate and yeah. so layered and there were so many things that were set up and had to pay off. And if you watch the movie, you'll kind of get it. It's just a masterpiece in storytelling. Yeah, you know. Um, some people think that, oh, if a script can be seen on like a stage or a play, then it would be considered a good screenplay. And I think if you were to look at any of these movies with that criteria, you would think Knives Out or you would think Marriage Story. Um, I think Parasite does have a legitimate shot. I would say that Quentin Tarantino once again wrote a great screenplay. I don't see him winning again. I think he's won two or three of these original screenplay Academy Awards already. And with 1917, I would say the strength isn't the script. No, not at yeah. all. Because, I mean, the script was, it's a simple story in a complex situation. But hmm. really, uh, yeah, I do agree that it is a technical feat. Execution, feat. yeah. Execution, even though there were, uh, even though the story I thought as simple as it was, it was still beautiful to me. Hmm. Um, but I think when you're, when you're comparing with Knives Out and, and the Parasite in terms of the, 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 the layers... I, the way I looked at it was like Knives Out. Yes, it's a mystery story, and and we're trying to find the criminal, right? For me, I think what par- what we did for me for Parasite was it, it was a, a social class system story, but it threw in like curveballs that I would have never expected. In, in, in other than like in a mystery story where like yeah you may be surprised about oh it was that person but you kind of know it, it's a mystery crime story this one like with parasite was like where the heck yeah. did this come from yeah. like what where are we world? going where What's, we, what am i yeah. watching yeah and that's what kept me on the edge of my seat yeah. at that very moment. true so yeah, there was no there's no genre for parasite no yeah he kind all. of invented it as he went along brilliant so that's a good point brilliant all right all right adapted screenplay go ahead will all right here are the nominees for adapted screenplay Taika Waititi for Jojo Rabbit, Steven Zalian for Irishman, Todd Phillips and Scott Silver for Joker, Greta Gerwig for Little Women, Anthony McCartan for The Two Popes. And the winner is, with 44.4%, Greta Gerwig, Little Women. Close second, Todd Phillips and Scott Silver for Joker. And third, Taika Waititi for Jojo Rabbit. Guilty. I have still not seen <laughs> Little Women. Uh, nor have I. I'm going to watch that on Friday with my wife. Yes. But I have seen Joker and Jojo Rabbit. Who did you vote for? I voted for Jojo Rabbit. Hmm. I, I love the Joker, but yeah, I, I, maybe it's my mood. I don't know what it is because I feel like I can watch Jojo Rabbit over and over again. And Joker, I can only watch a certain time uh, uh, at certain moments because of what it carries in terms of the, of the, of the topic at matter at hand. But Jojo rabbit just had, I don't know. It was just a fun screenplay. And I think Taika Waititi did a great job visually in executing how to really tell the story. Um, so 
Jojo Rabbit was based on a dramatic book. So I think when you adapt a book like that and change Did the a genre, great flip. Yeah, yes. it takes a lot of skill to do so. Yes. So I think that's why he was nominated and that's why he has a strong shot of winning. What I hear about Little Women is it takes the book, um, kind of reinvents it, and also does a good job telling the story non-linearly in a very tricky way. Hmm. So in terms of who will win, who should win, um, I don't know who should win because I honestly have not seen Little Women as of yet, but I think it's a foregone conclusion that Greta Gerwig will win simply for the reason that Little Women apparently did not get all of the nominations that it deserved. So the awards that it did get nominated for, I think it will win. For example, Best Adapted Screenplay. And also, I think we talked about this earlier, Best Costume. But I think Greta Gerwig definitely, from what I hear, did something new with the adaptation of the book here. So I don't know. For me, like... Jojo Rabbit still just stuck with me for me, like the knowing yeah. that, that the the fun, um, the comedic aspect of the wardrobe, uh, but also in terms of the adaptive screenplay, taking a dramatic book into a comedy mm. that that's, yeah. that that stood out. To I me. voted for Jojo. Yeah, um, and came and coming in at zero percent was uh, the two popes. So moving on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many people watch the two popes. <laughs> I saw Netflix. some of it. I actually liked it quite a bit. I just need to, to finish it, but Same. it was very enjoyable from what I've seen so far. I will watch it. I will. I will watch it. Okay. All right. So now moving on to original score um, presenting will be uh, Myron Kim. Yes. So Myron. Well, Myron's over here. Let me go see if Myron is available. <laughs> just kidding. All right. Here are the nominees. Why did my voice crack? I do not know. That's Myron. Yes. Myron is going through puberty. All right. Best original score, Randy Newman for Marriage Story, Alexander Desplat for Little Women, John Williams for Star Wars, Thomas Newman for 1917, and here is the tricky one for Joker, Hildur Gunnaduter. Gunnaduter. All right, guys, if you Google her name, <laughs> there are characters you have never seen before. So I've been waiting for this moment. Just grab grab me some, so uh, funny. some clemency here. But anyway... One more attempt. Hildna Gunnaduter. <laughs> okay. I'm literally like a drowning man. Someone please send me a life raft here. But the winner with 36.8% of the vote is Hilda Gunnaduter. There was a... I love this. I, I don't know, man. There was a three-way tie for a second. Uh, they each had 21.1% of the vote, and that was for 1917, Little Women, and Star Wars. Wow. Now, this is interesting um, I personally loathe the music in 1917. I did not like it at all. I think Alexander Desplat always does an amazing work in whatever movies he scores. Uh, Randy Newman, for me personally, didn't have a big, stirring, dramatic score like some of these others. And the only knock on John Williams is they'll probably say that he recycles some of the themes from past movies. Mm -hmm. I personally think it's a two-person race between Alexander and Hilder. I'm not saying her last name again, but I think what's going to win it is that scene in Joker when he's in the restroom and he's starting to become who you, who he was meant to be. Mm -hmm. And that eerie, those eerie strings come in. Yep, yep. I think that is the moment that's going to win it for her. Beautifully done. What do you think? I, th I agree. I think so too. Yeah. Um, Randy Newman. 
The God friend of me. Are you? I, I did not know that he was the you God friend. <laughs> I was like waiting for. <laughs> I was waiting for like, I don't know. My head all of a sudden when you said that, I thought Mary story. <laughs> Got a Mary story to tell you. All right. All right. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. All right. Best actor. Why don't you take this one? For best actor, the nominees are. Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Jonathan Price, The Two Popes, Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory. Can you say that one more time? Antonio Banderas, Pain and Glory. Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And the winner is Joaquin Phoenix, Landslide and Joker at 85%. Thank you very much. You look good yourself. Uh, can't complain. Hey, Murray. Thanks so much for Hey, Murray. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been a lifelong dream of mine. I'm sorry, what's that? That's very funny, Murray. You know, I'm also a comedian. Would you like to hear a joke? Yeah? Okay. I, I will give it to the Joker still. That was my vote. However, I thought Leonardo DiCaprio did a great job. He killed it. Yeah. Um, playing an actor as an actor. You know what I mean? Uh, especially the trailer scene where he messes up the lines and he gets back in the trailer. He's so frustrated with himself yeah. and he's just talking to himself. I just thought, wow, this guy is yeah. really in his head and doing such a great job. For... Um Joker, I mean, when I think of the movie, I think it's a very heavy, um, somber, dramatic movie. And Joaquin's performance is just as heavy handed as the movie is. Which is what I think yeah. why he is getting that win. Yeah. I honestly think so. So I, I but I say that not in a good way. I, I say in that the movie's so heavy and his performance is so heavy. I wouldn't say it's very nuanced per se, but I will say that the movie relies on him so much. He is in every scene. And the reason why the movie is so good. It's because he carries it. You can't take your eyes off him. Whatever he does, it's magnetic. So he just goes for it. Yeah. Um, what will I do? I think it's his best work. No. What's his best work for you? Um, I really loved him in Gladiator. Yeah. I loved him in To Die For, which is one of the first times we've seen him in that movie with Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. Um, what else has he been great? I in? loved him in Her. Oh yeah, Her. He was so good in that. Yeah, yeah. He was great as Johnny Cash. Yep. Um, and all of these parts where I think were a lot more nuanced, um, but I think it's it's time. I think he's one of the greatest actors of our generation, and Joker is watchable because of him. So, I honestly think that they they picked the right person to play an origin story uh, yeah. for the Joker. No one else could have done that. And um, reading the comics uh, of the Joker, it, yeah, you're right. It it, it is focused on him. And, and it is heavy-handed for him to carry that film, and I think that was the point of it. So, for him to to keep, you know, uh, as level-headed as possible to keep this character, you know, uh, with the momentum, I, I think it's well deserved for sure. Hmm. Definitely, definitely. All right, next category. We're coming down to the wire here. We just have three categories left yes. for best actress. Best actress. The uh, nominees are Miran. <laughs> Miron, excuse you. Oh, I'm sorry. Miron, please yes. uh, present. Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story. Cynthia Erivo, 
for Harriet, Saoirse Ronan for Little Woman, Charlize Theron for Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger in Judy. And the winner is now, I think this is going to be a bit surprising, Saoirse Ronan for Little Woman with 52.9% of the vote. Hmm. Very surprising here. Joe, would you like to dance with me? I can't because... Because of what? You won't tell? Never. I scorched my dress, see? There. And Meg told me to keep still so no one would see it. You can laugh if you want to. It's funny, I know. I just, I just feel, I just feel like women, they, they have minds and they have souls as well as just hearts and they've got ambition and they've got talent as well as just beauty and I'm so sick of people saying that that love is just all a woman is fit for. I'm so sick of it. But I'm, I'm so lonely. Renee Zilliger has pretty much won every single damn award that she's been nominated for during award season. But as crazy as I, as I might sound, I'm calling upset. She are, she's already won an Academy Award. I watched Judy and I was not a fan of her performance. It seemed like she was just doing a caricature of a public figure. Hmm. And it's hard to play someone that everyone knows. I will give her credit for that. And I thought the movie largely works. But I did not like her in this movie. And I think that because she's already won one, I think it's time for, for giving Sersha her due. She's already been nominated like four or five times. I think she's going to pull the upset. Call me crazy. Huh. I'm probably wrong, but that's my gut. So for this category, second was actually Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story with 17.6% of the vote. And uh, Renee Zellweger only got 5.9% of the vote here. And, yeah, This is surprising. Uh, yeah, I mean, Scarlett Johansson, though, in Marriage Story, I do agree with Steve-O, too, that it felt a bit forced in, in, in like, yeah. how Noah Baumbach, how he was saying that it was kind of robotic, like they're just reciting his words, yeah. in a sense. I, I have to disagree with you guys. I thought that her performance was better here than in JoJo. I know you guys liked her in JoJo more than Marriage Story, but... But I enjoyed Adam Driver's performance more than yeah. Scarlett's in yeah. Marriage Story. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, even Laura Dern, I will say I enjoyed her performance better than Scarlet in hmm. Marriage Story. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I need to watch it again and yeah. get depressed all over again. Can I bring this up? Where the hell is Lupita Nyong'o in this category? Like, honestly, that is like one of the best For performances us. I've seen in the, of the last decade. I yeah. don't know why she didn't get a nomination here, but I'm not. Maybe because she already has an Academy Award. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I honestly agree. I think... I, I honestly think that she got ripped off. She, yeah. totally, she totally got... Her movie like, came out earlier in the year, and maybe the subject matter didn't sit well with with everybody, but I don't know. Okay, but then Joker, I mean, that subject matter also people have been having heavy, talking about. Yeah. It's like, what are you talking about, people? Like, True. Re- come on. Like, freaking, it's a film. Relax. There's, mm. Yeah. I think Lupino Nyong'o's performance was so amazing. Yeah. And I, yeah people forget deserves- that she not only played the crazy girl, the, the tether, but also played the straight character, yes. the mom, and played them both in the same scene. Yes. You know, people forget that, but I'm not a voter, mm. so what do yeah. I know? But I would vote for her. Yeah. I would have definitely voted for her. All right. Best director. Go Ooh. for it, Will. You know, I'll give this to you because you are more of a director than I am. So I will give this to you. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. I am so generous. You are so generous. Thank you. You just want to say best picture, don't you? <laughs> just kidding. 
All right. We're going to fight about the best picture winner here, but we'll, we'll come to that nah. in a little bit. All right. Best director. The nominees are Todd Phillips for Joker, Bong Joon-ho for Parasite, Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Sam Mendes for 1917. This is going to blow my mind. Not because of the winner. I'll, I'll explain. Now, only three of these nominees garnered any votes. Yes. So I am going to just name the top two vote getters. The in second place was Sam Mendes with 27.8% of the vote. And winning in a landslide was Bong Joon-ho with two thirds of the vote, 66.7%. Yes. No, I, I, I agree with that, but I am surprised that no one voted for Todd Phillips for Joker because I thought he did a great job. Uh, I'll tell you why no one voted for Todd Phillips. Oh, geez. Okay. Because he didn't even deserve to get nominated. From what I hear, Greta should have gotten it, but I mean, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I mean... What's shocking is Scorsese was 0%. That's a little scary well, there. Well, him and Todd, yeah, both yeah. got 0%. I mean, granted, I don't know. One belongs in here, though. The other does not. But <laughs> we'll just, that's my opinion. Touche, touche. All right, did he deserve to win? Does he have a shot at the Academy Awards? I think he does. Yes. I think that uh, I'm so tired though of hearing any if anyone starts saying, "Oh, you know, first foreign film director to win an Academy," or like, "Stop." He is a just he's a director, yeah, just a director. storyteller. Yes, none of this whole crap of stereotypes just because he can't speak English, whatever. Like that's not the point. He is a great storyteller. He he has such an intelligent way to be able to tell. Uh, stories that does involve the social class system but in, in in such different various forms yeah best director not because he's foreign whatever like he is gonna i hope he wins just as like a director yeah. a great director you bring up a great point you're not a foreign language film director you're a director it's just a director and um this movie may or may not be your favorite film of the year but i think if you really look at it it is the most well directed film of the year in terms of story structure characters framing um bringing those themes to life even all the crazy elements that could have come off as too crazy he balances that so well and like we were talking about this movie doesn't have a genre it actually bounces back and forth between multiple genres and he does it seamlessly and flawlessly i can't think of a better directing job all year long you know the one of the most annoying things i hear um i've heard a couple of people say to me hmm. when i tell them hey yeah you should definitely watch parasite it was actually a great film so oh yeah is it uh but wait i heard it's foreign film yeah it's like there's subtitles yeah it's like oh, i don't want to read subtitles i'm like all right, I'm not talking to you anymore. Pong Juno said as much in his uh, acceptance speech for, I believe it was best foreign language film at the Golden Globes. He said, if you all can just open yourselves up to getting past, past those little black bars with the text at the bottom of the screen, you're going to open your mind up to an entirely different world of cinema. And people Com stood up and clapped for him. Completely agree. Yeah. Because here's the thing that people also don't know, or, or the average moviegoer obviously won't know, and only people who, yeah, have studied film and, and done these kinds of things. A lot of the stories that we have in Hollywood uh, stem from foreign films. Yeah. Asian cinema. Asian cinema, Italian cinema, French cinema, mm -hmm. Russian cinema. All those great films that people don't know about is what made Hollywood for them, you know? Especially Akira Kurosawa for a Japanese guy uh, that might one of my favorite directors who who inspired and and basically paved the way yeah. for Scorsese, for Spielberg, Tarantino. for Lucas, Tarantino, and they all talk about him, but people don't know him. Yeah, and that's where I'm like, go watch Akira Kurosawa's films. So I will honestly say, if anyone wins other than Bong Joon Ho, I will be just downright angry. 
And not just because, like, and we're not saying this because he's a Korean director and we're Korean, whatever. No, it's strictly because he it, he did a great yeah. job as a director. Did you vote for him? I did. And that's surprising because I know how much you love 1917. I, but yes. the fact that you voted for him, I think, means a lot. I Yeah. So, yeah. I'm Good glad deal. I made you happy. Yeah. All right. So, best picture. Will is going to finish it off here. So, I will say this. <laughs> I am not happy with the results here. And I'll tell you why. Oh, my goodness. There were two movies that were deadlocked. It was a tie. And then it's I found not my out, fault. I found, no, it is fault. your fault because no. I found out that Will didn't vote yet. So because Will, I thought as a as host, I thought we were just as hosts, you know, not no, to, we're supposed to vote. We gotta vote too. But yeah. then, so okay. you came in at the eleventh hour and cast your vote and broke the damn tie. <laughs> so now there is a clear winner here, which I don't agree with. But go ahead. All right, for best picture, here are the nominees: nineteen seventeen, Parasite, The Irishman. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Ford vs. Ferrari, Judge or Rabbit, Little Women, Marriage Story, and Joker. And the winner is... Drumroll. Myron, would you like to say it? I would not like to say it, <laughs> but I will anyway. So I will say this. In second place is Parasite with 37% of the vote. Ay. And in first place is 1917. Woo-woo. With 42% of the vote. Yep. So. Think about it, though. Okay. You voted for 1917. Yes. Why? And, I, and I've already told Quickly. you, though. Yeah. I've already told you why. Do I have to really explain it? What's the previous episode? It's the technical achievement, right? No, it's more than that, dude. It's a simple story, but in a complex situation. And I think that the way that this that this film really captivated audiences, especially me, too, because, you know, I, I mean, for me... Yes, okay, If it really felt like this video game. But I've said before, video games, I feel like the way they do the cinematics are the way that, that films should like be. It's just a new realm of the way how they're able to tell a story that way. Um, the only, obviously, difference is that a video game, you can move the camera in any space and form and keep the momentum going. With <laughs> Sam Mendes here in this best picture, he was able to capture that in a way where I've always wanted to see if you can do that live action, right? And he and he did it. No, like, not yet have you once talked about the story, the characters. No, I have, the... but I'm telling you, though, that it, it, the story is simple, right? But even as a simple story, he was able to keep the momentum going and keep you in... Uh, keep you really focused in, honed in on where are they going? How are they going to make it through this obstacle? How are they going to move in? You know, like all that is a part of the story. Are they going to make it through this uh, moment, right? And and also, depending on the the scene, having hard cuts, yes, to kind of show a specific scene is one thing. But then again, having like the camera move to where it's not like pulling you away from what's going on in that in in the entirety of the film is brilliant to me right so like children of men right you can say that that's also a technical uh, achievement right in that long take right but at the same time it doesn't take you away from the story of what's happening right it doesn't once, but once again you're just talking about achieving the technical shot you're it, well we, the story we, was like like to me the story was still beautifully like it was still a beautiful story it's an a to b story with no depth there is depth in what there's a there's depth in the the specific part now granted 
you're are you talking about like the story does it have to have that much detail what gives a story depth, we're, we're talking about the best picture of the year yes but the best picture entails what story editing directing cinematography everything, everything right yeah. everything right everything. so in 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 majority of any film right they're all going to have a specific technicality to it for sure but in this one what i thought was brilliantly done and you you see it midway through the film was when the the the, the soldier the one soldier that was going on the mission uh he was asked do you have a loved one do you do are you are you married he doesn't answer that and and, and it's not addressed again for the entire damn movie until yeah, the end but but it's like oh man that for me was like because he was so focused on the mission and you're thinking okay he's gonna make it to the mission and then when he gets to the end and the beautiful sunset yeah. and how everything was natural and he takes out that photo yeah that was like holy crap okay. but he other than it. that it's the journey for me it was like for me it was that it's the journey of survival so for me the, the performances were serviceable and the entire movie was a slave serviceable, to the gimmick though but like what was yeah. what's what do you mean by do you think that the performances really lacked that badly no that no that's what i'm saying it was serviceable it wasn't good it wasn't bad uh once even the performances were slave to the gimmick they had to just keep moving Right. And every now and then a big actor showed up to be like, oh, that's Mark Strong. Oh, that's Benedict Cumberbatch. And then it just kept going. And it's like, oh, he made it to the end. But do you think that that a performance has to have a specific amount of dialogue? Or do you think that the performance can also be like the artist, right? Where it's all silent. Like, it could be. Language. But then that was also there's a lot of performance there. In this one, they're just running. And dodging bullets. Well, because there's a mission. So you know from the get-go there's a mission, yeah. right? And, and I think to me that you were you were actually kind of going with them in real time of how that mission is accomplished. That it is arduous. That it, it does have moments where it seems like it's going to go, it's going to take forever or they're not going to make yeah. it. Or or it's, 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 uh, it's tiring. Tiring in the sense of like, you know, when... When you think, is this, why are we doing this? What's the point of doing this kind of thing, right? But you keep going. Like, to me, that's why I looked at it more as a war film to where it, it did a great job of actually taking you through of, what, two days you had, right? Two, three days to go through that entire situation. I thought, like, it kind of, like, it's kind of like you being in the middle of that warfare. And I've had friends who I would ask who actually were in Afghanistan and Iran, right? Like, you know what do you guys do when when there's nothing going on? It's like, dude, if we have nothing to do, we just have to like just stand guard. And it's sometimes it's really hot and it sucks, right? And and but the moment the bullet like we hear something, it, it's just like crazy, right? It's just chaotic for that moment, and then calms down again. So me, so me, like I felt like it was an experience of what war is like. All right, so in real time. Once again, I will say it's a technical achievement. Uh, we're gonna just have to agree to disagree. <laughs> It's a basically if the Academy Award voters are voting for, in my opinion, a technical achievement, this movie should win hands down. But if you're looking at the entire film, from what the story means to the characters, the performances, the how well those performances and the set and the themes all interact and how much what the movie is saying about society, it, it has to be a parasite. There's so many different levels. So. I mean, I think 1917 is the front runner. If if we check the Vegas odds, that would be it. I'm calling an upset here. I think Parasite's going to pull it out. Call me crazy. But if 1917 wins, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. Do you think that because you're saying it's a technical achievement that it's not so much that sure it's a technical achievement, but it's because they did something new, something something that 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 apart from a traditional film as as we know in layers, 
that they they took it upon themselves like i don't know think about avatar right when james cameron made that film right the story was fern gully slash pocahontas whatever right but 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 uh james cameron straight up said this film was created strictly because of the new tech coming out that i wanted to well, it didn't it didn't win though no it didn't yeah. win but i guess like if if i mean can you compare that with 1917 i guess i think so yeah it's a it's a good stirring story that was executed well sure. and uh, they accomplished it from a technical aspect yeah but why do you think then that it was nominated as best picture then and not av- then like a film like avatar then avatar was nominated for best picture oh it was nominated for oh yeah yeah okay. but it just so, lost. Then, so then why do you think that that avatar lost and th- in thinking that 1917 is going to win then most likely because of the because of the cred so you have sam mendes as a director an academy award-winning director also it's a war movie so academy of voters love war movies period pieces sure yeah. okay okay we'll see what happens we'll see what i happens. won't be disappointed though if parasite wins i won't yeah like for me if 1917 parasite or even even like joker or jojo rabbit like no joker shouldn't even be in this category i don't oh, know what the heck yeah I, I don't, it shouldn't even be here us should have been nominated but that's just me to be discussed later privately tbd <laughs> Yes. All right. It got a little heated up in here. Yeah, we have I love to open it. the windows. I love it. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Oscars are this Sunday on ABC. Mm-hmm. Tune in and then check it out. See if our uh, predictions were correct and see if your vote was for the right winner. The way you're looking at me, don't point your finger at me if Parasite wins. Like I'm not. Let's just be... say my knives are out. <laughs> just kidding. I'm. I'm just telling you right now. I won't be disappointed if Parasite wins. So you don't okay. have to point your finger. And be like, oh, I told you so. Whatever. Don't need it. I All know. Right. I get it. That was our show for today. Tune in next week. We're going to be doing a review of Birds of Prey and also discussing our favorite and least favorite moments from the DCEU. See you next week. 